Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Remember, you can always follow me on Gab and Twitter at Tori underscore says. Obviously, always here Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 live Eastern time on Red State Talk Radio. And you can find my most recent deep digs on ToriSays.com. And if I write for anybody else, I'll tweet that out. Obviously, I have some great people that write for me, like Haley Kennington. And I've got Cindy now, who is also a host of her own show uh, that is breaking down the border issue. Um, and you can find a really deep, 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 deep dig on kidnapping at the border uh, that she put up on my site. So today is Friday. I love Friday. We all know it's Crystal Ball Friday. And it's always the day our president takes his blowtorch to the deep state and allows it to fester over the weekend. And it's St. Patrick's Day weekend. And like we said, right after we have those green tinted pints, it's going to be a wild ride next week. But for one, you know, yesterday I told you guys about this bizarre situation of Ethiopian Airlines and uh, the 737 MAX 8 Boeings, uh, you know, the issues that they have, the eyewitness testimony of the only air quote survivor of that flight and how curiously, you know, the whole manager of all security, uh, you know, was one of the dead. And he's manager of all security, anything security, responsible for all airports in Kenya. Apparently he was on the flight too, even though he would go over the actual manifest of humans on the plane. Which would then infer maybe Mr. Mavropoulos was chosen to not go on so they can slot this guy into the manifest. Who knows? I mean, crazy things are happening, right? I mean, this is the United States of America and we had a whole justice system, law enforcement and intelligence community initiate an investigation on a presidential candidate before anything, right? We'll get to that. And they started an investigation, a criminal one, into him with no proof of a crime. That in itself is illegal. The fact that there is even a Mueller report is illegal. It's kind of like if some guy gets arrested by the police because they raided his house without a warrant looking for things, and then they find this hair out of place, and they're like, whoop, crime. And it's like, but you didn't. First of all, you had no right going in there. 
and, and looking around for things. Secondly, whatever you find is inadmissible. You know, this is exactly what's happening. This is why it's all civil and slash criminal. We'll talk about blackmail today. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about New Zealand, which I wanted to start off just so you guys can see how far they're willing to take things. I'll remind you guys, we, I had this discussion with all of you at some point in November about Turkey. So it was really funny, this Turkish coup, when it happened. It was at a time that Turkey was riding this high wave. I'm the gatekeeper to the EU's oil. I have all the oil coming through my country, and I have the valves and switches to give it to you, EU. It's coming from the Middle East. It's coming from Russia. Bow down to me because America is in turmoil and watch me sway. And they quickly got knocked down with this coup. So is it a coincidence that we had an insane massacre play out in New Zealand? Remember, we've talked about New Zealand a few times. There was an article that I had published uh, almost a year ago through Big League where I discussed how New Zealand is the only member of Five Eyes that does not track access. Meaning you log in, you can search the global intelligence database, collect information, insert information, and no one will know who did it. We've talked about this. So now that we see that our president is holding really strong cards against the United Kingdom, you know, it would be horrible for them to be exposed dilly-dallying with our intelligence community, but that's all coming out into the open to, you know, undermine our democratic republic and our right to elections. Be really bad for them, wouldn't it? Be a huge uprising. I mean, they're still too busy bowing down to Sharia and crazy statements that were made yesterday where this one guy, um, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. He says that we should have GPS trackers on knives in England because if you're carrying your knife around, (laughs) I mean, seriously, we're going to see a ministry of cutlery soon in the United Kingdom. It's a joke. These people are so far gone. But focus on New Zealand. So New Zealand is the source. I've mentioned to you many times that throughout 2016 and 2017 – Clapper, Brennan, Lynch, Obama, Hillary, Huma, the whole nine yards, the whole dirty swamp visited New Zealand. Could it be that they were told we still have the power to kneel you and cause issues to you? Who knows? Can you put anything past these clowns? I mean, you had Comey, who now has been revealed to have committed the biggest injustice with the trust vested in him as director of the FBI, writing a book of how honorable he is and how horrible all of these things are and how he shouldn't have been fired because he is the face of justice. BS is what I call it. So if they have the audacity to write books and tell us just how honorable they are, even though there's mounds and mounds of evidence proving otherwise, it means that they were confident in the fact that no one would find it. 
but we did. So would you put it past that they would do something like this to New Zealand? Here's what we need to listen to quickly. So you guys can understand um, just how incredible the situation there was and is. Obviously, it's been aired on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and they're running around trying to take down the live video that was streamed. But take a listen to what we're going to play CNN. Okay, ready? One of New Zealand's darkest days. thinking that we must run, must run out of bullets, you know. So what I did was basically waiting for that and praying to God, oh God, please, you know, let this guy run out of bullets. First we hide behind the cars and, you know, under the cars, and then when we see that firing is still on, we try to, you know, jump the fence. the main shooter's account down hours after the incident took place. So Twitter is very forward-leaning. Okay, so this clip, this part of CNN's clip that I'm playing for you is just to point out something coupled with the social media blackout. Just, just I'm going to start it over because it I accidentally clicked it way too far. But take Twitter a listen. Had the main shooter's account down hours after the incident took place. So Twitter is very forward-leaning. But, um, I want it beforehand. I, I want it beforehand. Sorry? I want it be. I want this this shutdown before the massacre. So the the posting that he put up that said I'm going to do something was on 8chan, which is down in the bowels of the internet. That's not a, a regular social media platform that most people access, and not the kind of thing that. So it was in the bowels of the internet, 8chan. So what, they want 8chan to disavow and silence free speech, not saying that this is a good thing, but the fact that the person was advertising that he was doing it. The guy speaking is a guy named Levi West. He is the uh, director of terrorism studies at Charles Stewart University. But listen to what CNN is doing. They're saying we want it shut down before it happens. Did you hear that? Pay attention. Necessarily gets monitored in the same way. And if you were to try and task Facebook and Twitter and intelligence and law enforcement with, with responding to every posting that went on the internet that suggested that someone was going to do something, then the resourcing that would be necessary, and most of the time nothing happens. So you can't treat every piece of posting that happens on social media that says, I'm going to go and, as if someone's going to actually follow through with it. The other half of that is that according to the New Zealand Prime Minister, None of the four people who are currently in custody were on any watch lists of any description with either New Zealand or Australian intelligence. So So pay attention to what they're saying. We had the social media blackout, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and encrypted uh, messaging platforms like Signal. Uh, Pay attention. Signal was down. But what you need to understand is the underlying words. That, it, you know, Facebook, Twitter, intelligence agencies, global, they are the intelligence agency. And here's where they're laying it up, where they're going to say our spygate, our citizen log, life log, whatever you want to call it that we have on American citizens is justifiable because then we can predict 
crimes like this. You have to be able to listen to what they're really saying. So then you've got nothing to triangulate that posting back to to go, oh, this guy's of concern. He's now posted information that suggests he's going to do something. But it's not as, as sort of simple as all of that. So it's not as simple as all that, is it? It's not simple to say, well, you know, they posted it, so possibly they'll be doing something. Minority Report, anyone? So their underlying layup to this was, first of all, algorithms. And I talked about it yesterday that people didn't realize that what Facebook was doing is retraining their algorithms to sever ties with different countries. I tested it. If I posted to a friend's Facebook page within the United States, it would totally post on, you know, uh, on an attempt. If the Facebook page that I was posting on is not within the United States, like family members that were found overseas, I found all of them I could not post until Facebook stopped their test. So this happened and then this shooting happened from people, like he said, that were on no watch list on any watch list that had no previous crimes that just went out and did it. And what's super weird is that, you know, they had like these really cryptic, you know, um, things, you know, on their cartridges, all of them referring to Turkey, of course, uh, you know, and the Ottomans and uh, quoting leaders uh, from, you know, the days of yore that were attacking the Ottomans uh, in various languages. And, you know, now obviously they're all saying, well, he was a strong Trump supporter. Dude, he's from New Zealand. He can't. He <laughs> Who cares if he supports Trump? So now we have the Democratic Party pushing the thing. It's all Trump's fault. You know, kind of like the Boeing crash, all Trump's fault. Everything is President Trump's fault. But we have to see the timeline of events. Now, this was put there to cast a shadow on what's to come today. I mean, we've been getting hints of what's to come today with all these testimonies coming out. But William Barr actually um, released a statement today in regards to the shootings in Christchurch, New Zealand. And he, and he says, and I quote, violence on the basis of religion is evil. Today's attack in New Zealand is a sobering reminder that the threat of political and religious violence is real and that we must remain vigilant against it. The Justice Department joins in mourning with the people of New Zealand. Political and religious. You know, if President Trump is owning all of these things, right, and he's credited to every single attack, then who do we credit for the Antifa attacks? Who do we credit? Who do we credit for these heinous hate crimes? But here's where in New Zealand, CARE will not miss the opportunity to come out on global television and put their foot down and victimize themselves. CARE that sponsors terrorism. How cheeky, right? That they come out and speak. Here's a little bit of a part of a speech here. Take a listen. And then uh, after the end of the news conference, we'll take some questions. First of all, we'll have uh, CARE's National Executive Director, Nihad Awad. That's N-I-H-A-D, 
AWAD, CARE National Executive Director. Thank you, Ibrahim. Good morning. <clears throat> this is a very sad day um, for all of us. Um, I just woke up um, on a call um, informing me that 49 people have been gunned down <clears throat> in two mosques in New Zealand by someone who believes in white supremacy and believes in the fact that what he has been told, what he has heard, that immigrants are invaders. Let me say this. <clears throat> we mourn the loss of these 49 innocent people who were standing in sincere worship of God in two mosques. And we offer sincere condolences to their families and their loved ones. And we condemn this horrific attack as a terrorist attack, motivated and carried out by white supremacists. Did you guys hear that? A terrorist attack. Pretty, pretty weird, right? Coming from an organization that has been deemed a terrorist organization by Muslims themselves, right? And uh, white supremacist attack. White supremacist. Uh, we're listening, right? White supremacist, because we're going to talk about someone else that pushed this ideology that's in our nation, Later on throughout this first hour, because as we know, in the second hour, we're having Ben and Tina Garrison from Ben Garrison Gear Graphics on. So take a listen to just a few more words that he says. So he pointed out that they're victims of terrorism when they're the terrorists themselves and that it was all about white supremacy. And we urge mosques nationwide because today is a Friday and Friday is the weekly prayer for Muslims nationwide. In the United States, we have over 3,000 mosques. So millions of people who are Muslim will be in mosques in the next couple of hours, concerned and fearful about their lives. If someone might come and hurt them, they have very legitimate fears. And they are being told to be afraid by white supremacists and political leaders who believe in white supremacy. Ouch. Huh. So who are these political leaders care that promote white supremacy? Who are they? Remember, even Ilhan Omar came out and said, we will not be afraid. You know, the only fear that has been instilled is by people and operatives of CARE. CARE has completely taken over our social media platforms, our access and lobbies for them. Laura Loomer has pointed that out many times, many, many times. And, you know, with a post that I made, I was actually targeted by care something that a lot of people don't know and they are disgusting they're using this to victimize themselves you know what they actually thought that this would cast a shadow on what's going on so we need to pander to those that have uh 
an infantile level of emotional intelligence. They're pandering to those that feel that 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 drive their everyday doings with feelings as opposed to facts and, and knowledge. And now we should just all embrace them, embrace them because they are victimized. And this is coming from the mouth of the people that commit terrorist acts. So they want our president to own it. It's not really going to work because you're not the victims. The world is a victim to your actions. These, you know, these moderate um, Muslims, right, that I, I would say normal Muslims. I have a lot of friends that are Muslim. I've spent a lot of time in the Middle East. Not all of them take the word of Muhammad to face value and decide to kill people. Just like Christians don't take, you know, the word of the Bible and trade their daughters in for cows. It's the same thing. But they have perpetuated this, but it's been done before in the past. See, I've always said, if you look at the past, it'll tell you the future. We have everything we need, guys. All the information we need. Look at uh, the 700s, 600 AD, 700 AD, 800 AD. Do you know that the Ottomans, the radicals, because keep in mind, Turkey isn't even considered part of the Muslim nations. You guys do know that, right? Because they're considered radicals by... Muslims themselves, like by Saudi Arabia, by Iraq, Iran, all of them, even though they're super radical, they call them even more super radical. Did you know that if you go to Scotland, to the Roman baths that are there, up in, you know, at the tip, tip, tip top of the United Kingdom, you will find Arabic inscriptions. Yeah, for real, you will. Because this has happened before, you know, on conquering, you know, these wars that we have now, now they're more civilized, have repeated themselves. It's always an attempt to subdue populations and not just them. We've seen the, the Christian, um, you know, wars. We've seen tons, right? But these people are the ones that are stuck in the past and perpetuating the terrorism because they believe they're above it. And now they're using political and religious ideologies to push it. Having said that, how do you see that globally they're embracing this ability to subdue people from retaliating to such ideologies? The United Nations yesterday... And I'll play this clip quickly for you. You won't believe what you hear. So this is this this just indicates that we need to leave uh, the UN quickly. Uh, out of all people, out of all nations to pick to support and promote women's rights, guess who they picked? Take a listen. I've now been informed that the African states and Asia Pacific states have endorsed the candidacies of Nigeria and the Islamic Republic of Iran, respectively, to serve as members of the working group. May I take it that the Commission wishes to appoint Nigeria and the Islamic Republic of Iran to serve on the working group on communications of the 63rd session? I hear no objections. It is so decided. So this working group, guess what it is? Women's rights. Are we insane? Like pure insanity right there, right? How is Iran 
and and Nigeria, where we see a lot of you know female um, genital mutilation going on, right? How are they proponents? But it, wait, one hiatus. Nigeria, though, is a very matriarch. You know, they have a they they do matriarchs, right? Women are empowered in Nigeria. So, regardless of the violations against women that we see due to religious beliefs, you know, it's kind of split down the middle. And you know, we have to give them credit where credit is due. And you know, they're not that bad. But Iran, come on, guys. Iran, where women found without a hijab are arrested, where women, if they show their ankles, can go to jail. They're sitting on the Women's Rights Committee. Come on. This is pretty incredible, right? So on that note, in this false, well, you know, I can't say it's false because so many people died. But you would question as to how these people came out of the woodwork and just did it. And how so nicely and neatly they victimize themselves. It's pretty disgusting. It's pretty disgusting. All these people killed. For what? And I've said it before. The same globalist, disgusting, power-hungry click mafia that runs the underground strings and pulls them around the world don't care about your life, don't care about your neighbor's life, don't care about you. It's all about them. They're more important than anyone else. Now, we're coming up to a short break. I wanted to leave it there in regards to New Zealand in regards to how they're utilizing this to push for more social media censorship and, like they said, preemptively shut down accounts before anything happens. Very important, coupled with the fact of the shutdown and the severing of ties uh, to, um, you know, out-of-country communication. So in the second half, we're going to discuss what's going on in D.C. and all this dirt being dug up. Talk Mueller. Talk Justice. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855 700 2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. 
If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for MyPillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. Uh, so over the break, I was looking at messages, and, you know, it dawned on me, and I just tweeted this out. Remember, we just heard the CARE national guy talk and say how today, being Friday, the mosques are filled to the brim with, you know, uh, people going for prayer. If this was so well orchestrated, so well thought out, then why didn't they go shooting them up today? Think about it. So uh, that was just, you know, maybe there were just idiots that just decided to go ahead and shoot a place up regardless of how many people were there. But, you know, if you really wanted to make this a super massacre, you would have done it on a Friday when it's filled. I'm just saying. So, you know. And this is all about preemptive uh, uh, discussions and preemptive uh, shutting down social media profiles. And I hate the way they use tragedies to throw jabs at our president that isn't even president of that country and having him own tragedies like Boeing and shootings and rapes and knife attacks in, in England. How is President Trump responsible for that? I don't know. I also want to hear about, I want you to hear, remember we've been talking about Yang. I think that he must have, he made a huge mistake exposing who he's really working for and what his ideologies are yesterday, which was great. I want you guys to listen to this short clip of what he says. It's about 56 seconds. It's pretty incredible. Let me get this for you. It is pure insanity when you hear what comes out of his mouth. Especially on the heels of this massacre. Take a listen. Who's going to be the boogeyman of the next 10 to 20 years? Who's going to be the great rival to the United States in the eyes of American society? China. That's right. And so what do you think the attitude is going to be over time for the shrinking, insecure white majority that's losing their jobs for, let's say, Chinese Americans or Asian Americans? I, I don't, I'm like, I personally, I said to a group at Harvard, I think we're one generation away from falling into the same camps as the Jews who were attacked in the synagogue in Pittsburgh 
like uh, just a couple of months ago. It's like we're probably one generation away from Americans shooting up a bunch of Asians saying like, you know, damn the Chinese because there, there's a giant Cold War or even more with China. That is the great danger that I fear that my children are going to grow up in. Did you guys hear that? He said that he fears his children are going to grow up in a in our America where we're going to walk into, you know, places of worship where Chinese people are and shoot them up because they're taking our jobs. First of all, China is a global threat, even to the cabal. The cabal has uh, started to tango with China, thinking that they're smarter than them, and they're not. And this is why our president from day one said the only real enemy is China because they're smart. They've been getting away with everything. So, um, you know, that statement is kind of null and void, right, uh, of what he said. Now, because I have... Uh, Ben Garrison and Tina Garrison coming up. I thought rather than at the end of the hour, we go through, uh, fr- you know, Crystal Ball Friday, that we kind of pay attention to what we expect and what's coming. So uh, today, this morning, I saw how, you know, the president was uh, tweeting out how, you know, all this stuff is coming out on how they were uh, collecting information on him from 2015. And here I am calling out the fake media, even the alternative one, because this documentation existed from 2016. Judge Collier, in September of 2016, had Loretta Lynch, Clapper, Comey, Brennan, all in a room scolding and spanking them for maintaining upstream data on U.S. citizens, private U.S. citizens. And I talked about this yesterday. She asked them why they were maintaining communications when they didn't have a surveillance warrant on them, hence the FISA warrants the month after. Right, guys? You see? Covering your tracks. So this problem actually started in December of 2014, just so people know. And Peter Strzok's testimony talking about it being from 2015 is pretty accurate. Because in order to be able to capture all the keywords that you send out for your upstream to capture, all the accounts of phone numbers, emails, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Signal, and all these other apps that people use, WhatsApp, right? It takes time. So this has already been, this is known, and portions of it are classified, but it doesn't take a genius to see it. I will be publishing that as to why the media took so long to show that they were surveilling President Trump. I have that document. And I think I reported on it uh, last summer. But people don't pay attention. See, because even our alternative media, our right media, bounce off of the mockingbird media, which is wrong. We all have a voice, and I've said it before. See something, say something. Your voice is just as loud as the person with a blue check mark on Twitter, the person sitting on TV as an anchor. You, if anything, are louder than them. They've just been endorsed by the establishment. Keep in mind, and the establishment is nobody. It's the people endorsing you. We need to be standing strong and together. 
We need to bind ourselves like a fascia, as they say, right? Which is a bundle of sticks so they can't break us. Because all of this has already been out and we've just been slow walking it because people don't want to report on facts too early because you know then they'll label you as crystal ball or conspiracy theory like they do for q i mean if you go back and start in november i think november was november 2018 november 2017 was 2018 predictive mathematical model precision paying attention to actual documents that exist and telling you what's going on That's basically what it is. I mean, I get emails almost every day from people that listen to my show asking, how did you know about Venezuela? And it's like, I knew about Venezuela because I'm paying attention to the things that need to be paid attention to. Venezuela was there. The president was telling you Venezuela is on the front, didn't he? Four executive orders about Venezuela. We have everything we need to understand what's going on. It's pretty crazy. Now, this massacre that happened on a day that wouldn't have been such a massacre, it's just that maybe they got lucky. These crazy people that were activated got lucky. They could have done it on Friday. That would have been a huger massacre. Not saying that I'm promoting death, okay? Let's get this straight. But we got to look at facts. If you if you're going to attack someone or attack a population where they're going to victimize themselves, you're going to make sure it counts. And I think that comment, you know, from from my listeners is is pretty spot on. You know, because now we have a terrorist organization victimizing themselves. It's pretty incredible. So going through what the president said today will tell us what is going to be coming. Okay, he is telling us what's coming. We've talked about how in the United States, and I said this before last year, when the attorney general of New York was, you know, uh, out there campaigning for herself, saying, I'm going to use my office to find any crime. I will investigate President Trump, all his associates and family members. And I'm like, dude, that's that's illegal. That's a misuse of office. That means you're going to. Use your office as attorney general to go looking for a crime that's against the law. But why wouldn't she say that? Because the federal government already did that. Obama's FBI and CIA did that, didn't they? And President Trump tweeted out this morning... He quotes, new evidence that the Obama-era team of FBI, DOJ, and CIA were working together to spy on and take out President Trump all of the way back in 2015. Yes, they have. And I reported on that a long, 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 long time ago because there was evidence of it. And a transcript of Peter Strzok's testimony is devastating. Hopefully the Mueller report will be covering this. So he says, if there was knowingly and acknowledged to be zero crime when the special counsel counsel was appointed, and if the appointment was made based on a fake dossier paid for by Crooked Hillary, and I am telling you this, and because it wasn't just Crooked Hillary, Perkins Coy Use not only crooked Hillary's money, but the DNC's money. And guess who else's money? Obama's money. 
I've run through this before. All you have to do is look at Obama for America or Obama or um, what is it? Organizing for Action is where he changed his, uh, you know, his nonprofit. They all pooled into Perkins Coy. This is why Robert Bauer, former uh, counsel for the White House under Obama, who was paying Fusion GPS, who paid CrowdStrike, resigned. Because it didn't just come from Hillary Clinton. I hope the Mueller report reports that too. So he continues and says, now disgrace Andrew McCabe, and parenthesis, he and all stated no crime. He even said there was no crime. Then the special counsel should never have been appointed. And there should be no Mueller report. This was an illegal and conflicted investigation in search of a crime. Like we said, you're a drug dealer, the police come to your house, they start looking everywhere, and then they, you know, look under your toilet and find, you know, a $20 baggie of weed, and then they arrest you. They, they say you're a drug dealer. They don't have any proof. So they go raid your house with no warrant, find that, and then say, well, we found this. Or they find nothing, and they're just like, but we're going to investigate this, we're going to investigate this. There's got to be something. And if there isn't, they'll make it look like there is. This is illegal, completely illegal. Because when your office, the Department of Justice or like the Attorney General, you know, use their office to, and they collude, and they use their resources, taxpayer dollars, to investigate a person in order to find a crime, that should be one of the biggest crimes and they should be the ones that get thrown in jail to be made of as an example. Because unfortunately for many corrupt idiots, FBI cyber is no longer compromised. And when emails, calls, transcripts, meetings, because upstream happens, you know, especially think about this way. Let's pretend, let's pretend that you and I decide that we're going to throw a party, a birthday party for the president. Okay. It's just you and me. And we decide we're going to throw a party and we're setting up this party. And then, uh, you know, uh, we're in, you know, Denver, Colorado, whatever. Okay. We're in Denver. We're throwing a party and the chief of police in Denver doesn't like the president. He just doesn't want a party for the president at all. He's upset. He's like, who are these two idiots, no names, trying to bring that orange man into my city? So this chief of police decides to investigate you and I, pull anything they can on us when he knows that we've already invited the president of the United States, which means that his, the president of the United States to come over, I don't know, to Applebee's where we invited him, right, to have dinner or have cake and accepting the invitation would mean that his secret service is already looking into me and you, right? His FBI cyber is already looking into me and you to make sure that we're not insane, that we're not setting him up, that we're not trying to take him out, you know, so we're being monitored. You and me are being monitored. And here's the chief of police of Denver. I'm just saying, and this is all hypothetical. No chief of police of Denver did this, but trust me, somewhere in this world, this happened, starts investigating you and I, and they start digging for a crime. 
And they think they're winning. They're like, oh my God, look at them. We're going to get them because they need to know that we're in charge. Right, right. So they all team up. But the thing is, we were already being monitored. So through that monitoring of us, when you intruded on us, do you not think they were monitoring you? This is what you guys have to think. So think of all these people that have been feeding information to Mueller, that have been working with President Trump, anyone associated with President Trump, either inviting him to a dinner, coming to the White House, going to an event, even a rally, being a VIP at his rally, whatever it is. They're already under investigation. So when this person comes in and starts to feed information to Mueller from people that are already on the radar, that gives them the right to look at them too. Oh my gosh, this is going to be incredible. Do you know how many people are going to jail? This is glorious. I mean, we've already seen it. The IRS agent that got arrested, you know, in California for pulling information on Manafort from like 150 years ago and sending it to Mueller when no part of his investigation requested that information. There was no reason for him to source that information. There was no indication or lead to ask for that information, but this independent guy gave it. So it's really important for people to know that any person, and I'm dropping this so you understand, that surrounds the president in any way, five levels up, five levels down, through a neighbor, through a party, through an event, whatever, is already being monitored. So obviously when people like, you know, from the Mueller investigation or the AG, you know, her in New York, whatever, or elsewhere, starts to penetrate and investigate these individuals to corner them to gain information on them, you know, because they want to crucify them because, you know, from crucifying them, they attack the president. Here's where we're getting into blackmail. It's all recorded. So think, one thing we do know about President Trump and throughout his lifetime under, you know, the media spotlight He's always been consistent on his message. And one thing we see is the great love he has for his kids. A lot of people are like, oh, my God, he said, like, things about Ivanka. Like, if she wasn't my daughter, I'd date her. Um, do you know what? My dad used to say stuff like that. That's being in love with your kid. You know, that's, that's, you know, you can take it out of context. But, you know, in this day and age, a lot of parents don't know what it's like to just really love their kids and be so proud of creating them and just idolizing their children because they're you on steroids. He is a family guy. So think if they were able to get away with starting an investigation with zero crime, giving HQ treatment to Clinton, Obama, etc. Obviously Obama and uh, uh, and this is just letting you guys know for next week, Supreme Court Justice uh, Chief Supreme Court Justice has a lot of answering to do in regards to some meeting with Obama at the beginning of January. By the way, isn't it RBG's birthday? She's, she's a Pisces like me. It's today or tomorrow? One of the two. But anyway, so we know he's a family guy. We know that they've been able to manufacture crimes. We know that they've now pulled crimes from like 1,000 years ago and charging people now on financial things that have nothing to do with Russia. We know that the investigation started with bogus. 
We know all this. So do you think it would be far-fetched because they know the only thing, the only thing, aside from speaking truth and being unapologetic for speaking truth, that is true to our president, Donald J. Trump, is family. He promotes family. He promotes love. And, and look at him. I mean, he's been so successful. He's got great children. You never saw them in tabloids like you do, like the Hilton kids and stuff like that. You know, people that are in real estate, people that are successful. Look at their kids. His kids were impeccable and still are. Would you think it would be far-fetched, because I mentioned this, that they would manufacture or pull something from like 20 years ago, 10 years ago to attack his children? You know, that's called blackmail, basically. That's what they have. And you know, when you're successful or when you do things, when you're younger, you're, um, I would say you're more naive. You think you will get away with like, oh, skimming $50 here or just making an arrangement with someone that you shouldn't have. You know, things happen. We all have that. Every single person on the planet has it. And if someone says no, then you lead a really boring life. So they can manufacture something. They could say, hey, you got a loan with this bank and this bank was found for fraud, so it's your fault. Kind of like the Ocasio-Cortez mentality. Wells Fargo, you funded the Dakota Access Pipeline. So since you gave them the loan, when there's a leak, you should pay for the cleanup. Do you think that they didn't have this um, blackmail over it? And I said, go for it. You know, if they want to file it because Barr gave the permission, go for it. I dare you. Because once it's shown that you were digging into things that have nothing to do with Russia collusion, but just to crucify the president, the people would be up in arms. I don't care what side of the aisle you sit on. Kids are off limits, guys. I mean, there's a lot of lefty, insane people, you know, granola munching idiots that think, oh, I don't care about kids. Like, who cares? I mean, after all, they promote infanticide, right? I mean, why would they care about kids? You know, that would be a big problem for them. So this week, what we are expecting is some really explosive things, but I'll say it again and again and again. We don't need the FISA warrants declassified at this point. What we need is our president to strike the first executive order that President Barack Hussein Obama signed right after he swore in. The minute he swore in, he went to his desk and signed it. Robert Bauer had already fixed it. And that seals all his records, who he is, where he is, what he did, what he's doing, and everything going forward for those eight years. And you know what? Our president should not only strike it, but he should drop the pen when he does it because that will release the crack and that will be Pandora's box. And we need to get one little head to make the others in a go chopped off. That's what we need. Who knows? And we are seeing a lot of this stuff coming around about Obama. He would be the keys to the kingdom. After all, he's the one that instructed the DOJ to leave Hillary Clinton alone. What are they going to say? Loretta Lynch did it? Loretta Lynch reports to, to that president, right? Our AG reports to President Trump. She won't go there and commit a crime without the president knowing. Now, will she? Are they all going to be thrown under the bus? They didn't know. 
But the thing is, we have meetings, we have phone calls. Remember, presidential archives, presidential records sealed. Let's do it. Let's move it. These distractions that are coming are nothing. We need to be paying attention closely to what is being said, what is being heard, because freedom will be ringing very, very soon. So, as you can see, they're panicking, and rightfully so. They're pulling any strings they have. They're pulling strings overseas, internally, domestically. I mean, look at them. They want children to vote. Pelosi wants kids under 16 to vote. Why? Because they know they lost the wall. They know we're getting our wall. So what's the next best thing? Hey, we've indoctrinated these young kids in school to hate Trump. So we'll just let them vote. Because at 16, you can't be a criminal, right? You can't. You're a juvenile. So if you commit a crime, you're tried as a child. At 16, if a grown man rapes you, they go to jail because you're a child. So by lowering the age, the voting age, does this mean that we're allowed to have sex with 16-year-olds and not go to jail? Does this mean that a 16-year-old that commits a crime will be tried as an adult? Any crime? killing their future, you know, because they had some wild, stupid idea to go to Victoria's Secret and, you know, steal a bra? Is that it? We need to be paying attention to their responses to what's coming out. We need to be focusing on this. Now, we all saw the rhinos that came out rearing their head. Vito, though, is going to be the most interesting. Because we need two-thirds of that. And that's where you're going to see the rest of the swamp creatures pull their teeth. And it's going to be pretty incredible because we need to see what's going on, right, with the veto. It's all staged. Now, just so you know, when these indictments drop today... After 2 p.m., that's usually when it's done because the magistrate courts, just so you know, work at 1 o'clock. You know, that's when stuff happens. It's going to be super lit this weekend, and it's too bad I don't have a radio show. On that note, we're going for the break at the top of the hour, and afterwards, we're going to have Ben and Tina Garrison from Grr Graphics Cartoons on, and they have a special announcement on a new... I would say something awesome they're working on. So I'll see you guys all in just a bit. Discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news.
Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Remember, you can always follow me on Twitter and Gab at Tori underscore says. I'm always here on Red State Talk Radio 12 to 2 uh, Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. So usually on Fridays, we have the crystal ball hour, right, of what's to come. We already know indictments are dropping. There's a lot coming out. There's a lot of obfuscation and manipulation of the information. We've talked about it. Next week is going to be one huge ride. And, you know, Red State Talk Radio has offered anyone that gets a picture with Ruth Bader Ginsburg maybe blowing her candles out today because I Googled it. It is today her birthday. Um, You know, we're offering 20 grand for that. (laughs) So uh, we said that. Uh, So today... I am a complete huge fan. I'm totally geeking out. Um, I have one of my favorites. Uh, those of you that have been listening to me and following me know that I'm a real nerd. I love comics. I love sci-fi. And I obviously love politics. And there's no better combination than having a picture that tells you a thousand words to have a picture tell you a whole political scene. And so with us today, we have Ben and Tina Garrison. And, you know, let's have coffee talk. And remember, this second hour, I always open up my phone lines for any of you that want to just chime in, maybe ask a question. Uh, you can call it 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255. And without further ado, welcome to the Tory Sess Show, Ben and Tina. I'm so excited to have you guys here. Hello. Hey. Hey, Tori, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm, I, uh, you know, tell us. Uh, so obviously we have a big announcement. It's been really, really hard for me to keep my mouth shut. Um, and uh, I, everyone just wants to know about you. Like, how are you guys doing? How's your morning? What's the weather like? For us, it's melting snow and my backyard is flooding. Um, you know, how are you guys? They want to know uh, first how you are, and I'm pretty sure then understand how you got into this whole political cartooning. Well, we're, we're doing okay. We're surviving yet another long, cold Montana winter. We had record snowfall in February, and earlier in March, we had like minus 20. So, but you know what? The earth is tilting toward the sun and spring will inevitably arrive, maybe in May or June. We'll see. But I started cartooning um, 10 years ago this summer. Um, and my first cartoon was drawn mostly out of frustration and anger because the the big banks were bailed out by Congress, even though a lot of Americans wrote in and say, don't bail these these bums out, especially since they were involved with with the, these um, crooked derivative real estate screen, uh, housing, uh, you know, home schemes where they were packaging up um, uh, pack, uh, mortgage packages claiming that these homes were, you know, being bought by qualified buyers and they weren't. But when it all fell apart, they expected the taxpayers to bail them out and pay their bonuses. And that just made me so furious. I said, well, what can I do? Well, as an artist, I could draw a cartoon. So I drew a cartoon expecting maybe to send it out, you know, to to friends and family, maybe a couple dozen people will see it. And that's probably what happened on the very first cartoon that I drew. And I, I had no idea it would lead to what we're doing today, but we kind of, uh, I, I kind of struck a nerve as I kept doing, drawing them because there aren't a lot of conservative editorial cartoonists out there. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a libertarian. I, 
you know, I, I, I don't like the, what's, what's going on in the country. And so I kind of let the, the cartoons spring from anger. I mean, <laughs> Tina accuses me of being angry sometimes. I say, well, what do you expect? That's where the cartoons come from. They're sparked by anger. And I want to ring an alarm bell to try to uh, wake people up. And the cartoons that spring from anger, anger leads to assertiveness and change. So that's kind of like where where the motivation comes from. When I, when I see um, rampant big government continue to self-angridize and take away our, our liberties in exchange for free stuff and safety, well, that's where I, I try to push back with, with the cartoons. And so I've been doing, this summer will mark the 10-year 10, 10 anniversary of me uh, penning these things out. And I've, and I've got my wife, Tina, to start drawing a, drawing them on occasion too, because she's also a cartoonist. Yeah, that was interesting. When I was speaking with Tina, I was like, so are you an artist too? And, you know, uh, she, she said, yes. I was like, I, I love her, um, you know, one hit sweep tunes that she does too. Um, my favorite so far is the Adam Schiff on a rat. Um, that is like my favorite of all because that literally is a hundred percent true. So I love that. And you know what? Exactly what you're saying is what a lot of us are saying. Your voice can be heard through illustration, through radio, through TV, through your tweets, your DMs, your blogs, your postings, your reporting. And that's important, Ben, that we harness that power that we have, which is our voice, and to stick out and cut through the noise. Obviously, you're doing it a lot better than a lot of us uh, to cut through that noise. And, you know, my most favorite, I'm going to say, cartoon is The House Divided. For me, that was a cartoon that spoke not a thousand words, like trillions, because it showed every facet of what's wrong. And I also saw the noose and I was like, yeah, what's up? Uh, so I was, I was very intrigued. I, I wanted, um, I know I have a couple questions that already came in through the DM and they're, and they're saying, well, you know, how do you, uh, push it to another level where people can have access? Have you, another question is, have you guys tried to submit it to conservative publications that are paper still, you know, there are still newspapers like that print, like the times, Epoch times, you know, they have print. Have you ever thought of actually having submissions to papers is what they're asking no uh well you know what i i come from a newspaper background i worked for newspapers for 20 years not as a cartoonist but as a i was an info information graphic artist and designer but um you know dinosaurs they're dinosaurs now newspapers i mean no i'm not interested in getting into print although you know on occasion my cartoons have made it to uh newsprint again i mean it's like uh, the washington times uh printed one of my cartoons once, but no, I, I'm, I'm not really terribly interested in, in going that route. Um, and a lot of, um, you know, regular conservative neocon type conservatives, they're not very interested in my cartoons either. I mean, I, I'm not, I, I wasn't pro McCain. I wasn't pro Bush. You know, I, I'm more of a libertarian. Whereas I, I, Think Tina, could you describe yourself more as a traditional Republican? I'm more, I'm a libertarian, but she's she's always been more more of a traditional Republican. My wrong saying. What's that? a traditional Republican these days? You know, I'm sort of, you know, I'm a I'm America first. You know, I'm for the country, and I don't think you can really 
put me in a party. Um, you know, I well, wanna, we're independent. We're, I'll say I'm independent then. But, yeah, I see you know, that. there's a lot of problems with the Republican Party. As you, we just witnessed with the 12 senators uh, vetoing, or not vetoing, but voting against uh, Trump's national emergency. Yeah, I think that was pretty incredible. And even the president said he's not a Republican at CPAC. Remember that. He right. said, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm a conservative. And conservatives are the ones are are like the new face of libertarians because some of the libertarians have like in my state, for example, and even in Minnesota, it's the Democratic slash libertarian party. They've totally trashed that independent movement of staying true to the Constitution, staying true to America first. And so, yeah, yeah Gary Johnson was like that. That's why I didn't like Gary Johnson. Uh, Aside from his pro-marijuana stance, he was just another garden variety, uh, left-leaning, um, big government kind of guy. I mean, that, that goes, a lot of his stances were definitely against the libertarian principles. But when it boils, what it boils down to is that uh, I want to preserve and protect <clears throat> our republic. And you probably noticed, um, over the, especially over the past few years, how everybody keeps calling us a democracy. And we're not a democracy. A republic is a is is a system of government with rule that has check that have checks and balances, and it's it's the rule of law rather than you know it's 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 a it's a rule of law that protects individual liberties. But if you get a democracy coming in where everybody like well, not Pelosi wants teenagers to vote. Well, what are they going to vote? Well, they're going to vote for free stuff. They want direct democracy now. So. And that always leads to tyranny because people are going to vote for free stuff. It's like human nature. That's why the, the founding fathers were very wise in setting up a, a government that was they saw as a necessary evil. And, and they wanted to make sure that this evil was contained and this, this government had to be ruled by, ruled by law. But now we're seeing a two-tier system of law where – you know, some people like the Clintons, they're, they're not subject to anything. But, but boy, you get Mueller in there and they want to go after their political enemies, then, yeah, then, then, they, then they go ahead and, and prosecute people with, with process crimes and they use the system to, to their benefit. So that's, what's ha that's, the, that's a real danger to me. Is, and, and you hear it all the time now. We're, we're democracy, democracy, democracy. We need to get rid of the... Electoral, elect, college. electoral college. No, we don't, because that's why we're the United States and not the not the contiguous blob of Washington D.C., where the big cities get the say, where the big, where all the population in the big cities, who are much easier controlled, the masses are much easier controlled uh, by demagogues and the mainstream media, the fake, the lying fake stream media. But we need to have the Electoral College in order to make sure that rural states, the flyover states, the red states, such as Montana, have a say. Otherwise, we're not the United States anymore. We're just, we're just the, the socialist blob of, the, of America. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. We are, I, I like to coin it as a democratic republic, meaning that the, the people rule through a republic system. And um, that's the, we are a republic, and that's true. I mean, you know, you see Hawaii now being. But the people are represented rather than ruled. Right now mm -hmm. we're getting where the people are ruled. And when they start taxing us so much that they're taking away our labor and then redistributing the wealth, and 
then they own us. We should own the government no, instead of letting the government own us. And that's where we're going right now. And that's why I'm going to push back as hard as I can with my cartoons, because 50% of the young people now <clears throat> think socialism is the way to go. They're not learning the lessons from history in school. They're being taught propaganda, especially in the socialist indoctrination centers known as universities. And I'm really going to try to, um, you know, try to dissuade them from this grave mistake of repeating yet another socialist um, fiasco and turning America into um, something equivalent to Venezuela. I don't know why we have to keep repeating these lessons. And now, and now they're trying to put a fresh face on it and it, like it's something new and shiny and isn't government wonderful. We could do all kinds of stuff. That's what Ocasio-Cortez's government is, this magic toy that all she has to do is push a few buttons and, and problems get solved. But no, what she's going to do is create a great many more problems with this attitude. This is the, the thing when you mentioned the house divided, it's a fundamental division where you've got the left who sees government as something good and it's being run by wise men who are out for your best interest. They want to help you. And these people are noble and we, and since it is noble and since the government is a good thing, then we want more government and more government and more government. Well, where people on the opposite side of my side <clears throat> agree with Thomas Paine that government is a necessary evil and being evil, it has to be, it really has to be closely watched and monitored so they don't abuse their power. And boy, has it been abused. It's so corruption. And when it's so corrupted, when you combine money and power, corruption inevitably follows. And if you don't pay attention, boy, it gets bad. And it has gotten really, really bad, especially since the, the especially since the media has become, instead of a watchdog, has become a lapdog. And so that's the state we're in, and, and it's a perilous situation. Well, you know, I have to, I have to say that uh, yesterday's Senate vote uh, was, uh, was great for me on the fact that we were able to weed out the people that are still holdovers and bold enough to show it because we had a few Republicans that we know are never Trumpers but weren't bold enough to come out. So this veto will be fun to see because we need like two-thirds, right, Ben, to actually get a veto done. So this yeah. will actually um, expose even more of them. So it's it's a necessary evil process because one thing I've been telling everyone is in my state, Kevin Kramer uh, met with the president many times uh, as congressman uh, where the president asked him to become senator. And it was through that idea in 2017 where they put that request for proposals for walls, if you remember. And um, just yesterday, Tommy Fisher demonstrated to Secretary Nielsen and other you know, delegations of the president how they can build a mile of wall a day with exactly the same amount of money that the Democrats have allocated. So we're getting our wall regardless. And what people don't see is that he's trying to take it a step ahead. And, uh, you know, this socialism, did you see how Guaido invited Ocasio down to Venezuela to come and take a look? Did you, did you see that? No, he invited them <laughs> to come them. down and say, you want you want socialism? Why don't you come down to Venezuela and take a look? That was incredible. That was awesome. Um, 
But like you said, it's all about free stuff. People are forfeiting their rights to liberty, uh, their rights to um, be free people in the name of safety and free stuff. And, uh, you know, that's actually neo-slavery, right? Because even slaves, you know, throughout time, not all of them were being whipped and hung, right? They all had rooms and they were fed and they were taken care of. But what did they do? They toiled the farms for those that were more superior, correct? And this is exactly what the government is doing. We're going to be toiling the farm so they can feed us, clothe us, and take care of us. Um, Well, yeah, and that brings up the subject of reparations, which, you know, is completely untenable. It's insane. If we're going to have reparations, I demand reparations from the Federal Reserve. I think they should pay all Americans back for all the money they've stolen for over 100 years. And they could do that by going through, say, you know, the Social Security and see how much money was put in and then pay it all back with interest. I mean, there's no reason that we need a Federal Reserve to be have a, who have a monopoly on our on our money system. They've turned it into a very immoral system of money by, by turning it into debt money. And so, you know, we have a $22 trillion debt. Well, this is, this is, this is completely um, outrageous. And, and to me, that, if I were president, that would be my number one thing is dismantling uh, and breaking, dismantling the Federal Reserve and breaking up the central bank monopoly on our money because the Constitution says the Congress controls the, controls the money. And Trump could go in there and say, well, why are we pay, why are we have to pay all this interest on, on money creation when we can print it up debt-free like Lincoln did? Now, there are a lot of people will say, well, that'll mean all this fiat money, blah, blah, blah. But no, if he, put, if he combines money creation commensurately with, with production, say, maybe making America great again, let's, let's, let's create money and pay people who are rebuilding our, uh, our highways and our airports and our, our system of locks and dams and on and on and on, then the money is, is being created um, as goods and, service, goods and service, services are being created. So this is something that, that can be done and should be done right now. But boy, they want to make sure that that's the last thing because the, the, the Federal Reserve wants to cloak itself and, and – by the way, a Federal Reserve is not Federal nor a Reserve, and it's a private corporation. Why do we turn over our money creation to private bankers and globalist bankers who, who make a, you know um, unimaginable sums of money off the hardworking Americans? Well, this should be paid back. That's why I demand reparation. Ben, uh, you are speaking to my heart. Uh, my my listeners are all like, oh my God, he's saying exactly what you've been saying. I mean, I have been going back and forth with this, and I think it's after 2020 that he's just going to tear the Band-Aid off and, and shut the Federal Reserve down because he made – he, he took a nod to it at CPAC. I've been talking about the gold standard and bringing it back. I actually had someone on my show just a couple of weeks ago where we were discussing and he was like, well, we need to have it work with this fiat currency and let it out into the open. And I was like, no, President Trump needs to shut it down and have a fixed gold price for the first five years and then release it to the market. And this well, way, our gold debt. Gold and silver are still constitutional money. Right. They're still 
Are we following the Constitution now or not? No, we're right? not. We're not. And and that's what I'm saying, that the minute he does that, whatever debt we've racked up is done. And the whole world will be on fire because they were dependent on this monopoly money that was created and done on December 24th, 1913. He made mention of it. I've been talking about McKinley, about the tariffs, and how they were ripped off on the same evening. It was Christmas Eve of 1913. He said it at CPAC. So I'm expecting him, I foresee that he is going to be doing that in 2020, fixing our economy and giving us four years of him being president with a fixed, you know, gold amount so that way we can revive and allow the rest of the world to catch up, which is going to tumble. The markets are just going to tumble, but our economy is so strong, we won't care. So I, I'm re- you are speaking to my heart, Ben. You cannot imagine. Um, yeah, seriously. So like, I, you know, what I was saying about the cartoons is there was a cartoon believe it or not, in 2007 in the summer, and this is before I came back stateside, and I had picked it up from a local paper in uh, Pakistan, and it was depicting Obama, right, being in Pakistan with some dude and hanging out. So the Pakistanis already know that he used to live there, um, and everybody knows this. This came out into light during the um, during his um campaign for president uh when he was running the first time and so i've clipped that out and i have it somewhere i I, at my mother's house right and that's why i was asking like we need your cartoons in print and i've been saying it like you know making posters on zazzle like i've like tried to make and it didn't come out well so i actually sent it back the house divided like i want to frame that Like that for me spoke volumes, like 20 stories in one. That was like the most amazing thing. And in the middle, you know, the noose, which was awesome. And I was like, this is the best thing. So that's where I was getting at. And I know that you're going to be announcing it, but I just wanted you to understand that I think if I'm waiting for it, there's millions out there that are waiting for it, waiting to have the ability to be like, wow, that cartoon speaks volumes. And you just see it kind of like a painting, you know, those where you sit down and you're like, oh, what is that painting telling me? How do I feel today? I see this. That is what we want. We want to see it in print. We want it in front of us. So um, that's where I was getting with that. that- right. And, and Tori, we do have on our website, uh, com. we do have a little store in there where you can buy prints and frame prints. So it's just a matter of, you know, people going yeah, on I think to we the can site. Sell, we sell that, that um as a larger poster too yes i was getting it in acrylic you know how they make it look like a painting acrylic and it didn't come out right where they actually computerized put it in painting because i wanted it to be like a a monet we've got a a framed print shop right now it's a third-party thing but it links off of our site and you can order a print a frame print a canvas a coffee cup or coffee mug so we, we do that. We do have that all on the site, the gergraphics.com. I actually have the coffee mug with the, oh, with Ben's face in the cigar. I actually have that coffee mug. I, I bought that coffee mug. I did that one because it's awesome because it's a conversation starter. Anyone that comes to my house, the only thing I have is, even though I hate Starbucks, I have their visit Starbucks things. You know, you were here. So wherever I travel, I pick up a, a coffee mug. And if a friend of mine travels somewhere where I never got a mug, I always ask him to get it for me too, you know, to complete oh. my collection. So, but I also have, yeah, coffee mugs like that. I have like the Cafefe coffee mug. I have the Ben Garrison with the, 
cigar because people are like, who's that? And I'm like, oh, you don't know? How do you know? <laughs> you know what? I, I don't promote the, the necessarily promote cigar smoking, but I, I do think it's okay for a man to have a cigar once in a while because it relaxes him. And, and it, you know, if he's not abused, then, you know, it's like Aris, Aristotle said, moderation, all things. I don't, you know, Mark Twain smoked 20 mouth. cigars in a day. I don't, I don't promote that. Yeah, no, they're they're not they're not that good. I've actually been to Cuba where I had this guy with no teeth literally roll me a cigar on his knee, and I was kind of you know on the dock, and I was thinking, uh, do I really want to try it? You know, he just put his spit all over it. He's got like one tooth, but it was fun and it was fresh. And you know, I'm not much of a cigar. I do smoke cigars actually sometimes. I used to go to the Cuban cigar room in New York all the time, um, which you know had like everything, you know, back well, when. You know Indulging in things wasn't a bad thing because now everything's PC and no indulgence, right? Oh, yeah. Well, that's the reason you like, you know, we use it for our logo too, is because it triggers so many people. They lose their minds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they want us to go to 3D printing meat, right? Did you see, did you guys see that? Where they're printing yeah. out oh, vegan steaks? made out of what? Peas and rice and seaweed and it looked like a steak only was green. That looked horrible. Yeah, someone said if you close your eyes and eat it, you might think it's a steak. I was like, if you're going to close your eyes when you're eating food, it's not food. That's what you do when you take medicine. (laughs) And Cory Booker pushes that too, right? He wants us all to be vegan, right? Exactly. So, so, Ocasio Cortez is anti cow too. She's anti hamburger. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, but she was caught eating a hamburger with someone, wasn't she? (laughs) Yeah, she's not a vegetarian her. then. Yeah, she hates cakes, cows, hamburgers, kids, you know, what else? <laughs> I mean, it's it's it, did you see the the questioning with Wells Fargo? I thought that was hilarious. It just goes I, to show. I, I read about it, but I didn't actually watch. I it. mean, I watched her, and she was like, "Well, you know, what if there's a Dakota Access <laughs> pipeline spill? You paid for it. You should pay for the cleanup." He's like, "But we just gave them loans." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, is she insane? Like, he answered it. I, if I was him, I would have started laughing. I, is this serious? Is Ashton Kutcher coming out with a camera saying I've been punked? I would have, uh, you know, totally ran with it. The guy was serious. He was like, but we just financed it. We gave loans. Yeah, but you should still pay for the cleanup. Um, so uh, t- tell me. So you've started those cartoons, like you said, right, on the backs of, you know, us bailing out these rich guys and then paying their bonuses. 100% agree. Um, That is atrocious. And we're doing that every day. I mean, we're bailing out people in Congress with their investments, right, every day. Um, Oh, and the flush fund with the sexual stuff with the Congress, the hush money. Where is it? Why can't we get a list? I mean, if they're using our money, we should have a list, right? Uh, but, But you have... In the past five years, Ben and Tina, both of you, you have taken it, the the cartooning, political cartooning to a whole other level. You know, it speaks volumes. It's not just like taking one topic. It's, It's taking a snapshot of where we're at politically and showcasing it in the most amazing way. Kind of like I said, the house divided, even your, your, um, you know, your, technology you know where they're texting in the prison of facebook and instagram i mean i've been talking about that for forever they all have darpa contracts i mean they're our new intelligence agency and nobody sees it um how did you take it to that level like that's genius you guys both of you seriously because it's really hard for someone to you know put it so simply i i I struggle with emails people hate reading my emails they're like stories you know so how did you guys do that 
Well, well, (laughs) aside from being a genius cartoonist, both of you and artists, I I mean, consider myself a genius. It is, it is for me. That is product of just hard work. I mean, I started drawing when I was a kid, as did Tina. Tina actually started cartooning well before I did. I didn't start till like the fifth or sixth grade that I started doodling. Yeah, I was drawing in second grade. But and by the way, she has a Bachelor of Fine Arts from the prestigious Columbus College of Art and Design. So she studied cartooning. I didn't. I kind of learned on my own. I did help him a lot. Yeah, early on when we got married, she gave me a lot of tips. But now I guess I'm helping her more than she helps me. I kind of help. Oh, her I don't more. know about that. Yeah, I do. but anyway, the thing is, I'd like to see her draw more cartoons because can you name another female cartoonist who's conservative? I mean, she's a unicorn. She's very yeah. rare. And had her cartoon posted on the president's social media. Yeah. So she had her cartoon retweeted by President Trump, and she always reminds me that Trump has never retweeted one of my cartoons. That's fine. (laughs) But he watches. He watches. And I'm pretty sure he's going to be one of the first to delve into your, um, you know, I I think maybe you're just going to send it to him anyway, right? So your announcement. Sources have told us that he does see them on occasion. He he loves them. I'm pretty sure he, he watches everything people don't see that every time you tweet to him every time you say something he has eyes everywhere and he gets a list of the most you know stuff that he would like and we as just citizens and people that don't really know him as a person already can foresee what he likes you know and what kind of you know personality is so on on that note i want you guys to like tell everyone about this new announcement because i'm super excited so are we. We're really excited. And uh, it's been 10 years, and we're going to celebrate. And what we're going to do is we're finally going to put together. A, a, we're, we're putting it together right now. Putting it together a very large, full-color, hardbound, coffee table-style book of well, it's, it's called Ben's Big Book of Editorial Cartoons, and it's going to have at least 200 cutter plates inside. This will, this will give us um, a platform to show some of the cartoons. You know, I tend to get carried away and make my cartoons very detailed. <clears throat> so this book will give it a, a format where you can actually be able Look to bring out it. that yeah. detail and the color and see it very clearly. And <clears throat> it's arranged by, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's arranged by topics. So I'm going to have a little table of contents so you can go right to whatever topic you'd like to see. Or you could just treat it like a regular cocktail book and, and thumb through it. I so see. one thing that's it's, um, really made me realize how many, just how many cartoons I've drawn. So I'm editing and trying to think and figure out what are the, what the best ones or the most viral ones and, and put them all in there. But it's, it's been more of a daunting task than I imagine because I, I, you know, 10 years, that's a lot of cartoons. And I've drawn a lot more. It's probably going to be uh, like 400 cartoons, you know, it's just going to be a lot, a lot of cartoons. And we're also going to be adding cartoons that have never been released to the public and, and some special cartoons that are going to be created, you know, for the book only. So you'll only see the cartoon in the book and we're going to go sort of more politically incorrect with some stuff, too. So it's going to be a little more spicy. 
That's awesome. That is completely awesome. Like I actually have a book from a, a no name cartoonist that did uh, cartoons about Doctor Who because I'm a big Doctor Who fan, right? That show has been around since like the 50s. Right. So I'm a huge buff for Doctor Who and I have it on my need Anybody who comes to my house, they see this thing that's like a big TARDIS and inside it's just cartoons. And it is the most awesome talking piece, but also awesome to just reflect. And you saying that you're categorizing them, that's insane because for me, I'd have that just there on my coffee table, just there to kind of skim through and remember a snapshot of that period of time of what was going on. I find that to be incredible because no one's done that. I mean, this guy that put together this book, this book was put together, um, uh, I would say 2005 and I got it from a site that was like Etsy when Etsy didn't exist. And I plow through all these things and I found it and I'm like, yes, I want this. And, um, you know, he only made a couple, but it was his sketches, uh, his ideas, what the themes were for, you know, that decade or that doctor. And it's incredible. I mean, I can't even like, I'm going to be the first customer. I'm going to be one of your first customers. I'm going to just get all of it because it's incredible to just have it there because it's, it's, it's part of history. You're telling political history in pictures. It is. And it's going to be quite a time capsule. And, right. and people can go through and they can like say, oh, I want to go look at all the 2016 election cartoons or the presidential election. And they can go through and they can see all the cartoons that Ben did with the election, which really millions of people did get to see those cartoons. And he did the Brexit cartoon and the Drain the Swamp cartoon and... You know, people know those cartoons. Yeah, the March of Tyranny. March that was, of that was my first one. That was 2010, but that's the first time that viral one. Yeah, that made me realize when I when that one went viral, I was like, "Wow, maybe I have a pretty good platform here called the internet. I don't need a newspaper." Or I don't, you know, I had a humble blog at the time. That's in 2010. I decided to start Gerd Graphics, and the Gerd Graphics logo was a bulldog, you know, with a pencil in his mouth, and and. Um, that's that's kind of how we got the site started. An angry bulldog. An angry bulldog. You know, so but one one misnomer, a lot of people think that this is their erroneous thinking in my book about editorial cartoons, is that they should be funny. Now I never approach a cartoon from a funny angle. I don't think, well, what's funny in this? Well, for one thing, I'm a very serious guy. I'm not funny. I mean, I'm not a comedian. I mean, I'm just not. That's really hard. If somebody says, okay, you be funny right now. Go ahead, funny. And I was like, that, that's, that's, such a, that's such pressure. I mean, be funny? Are you kidding me? But I don't want to draw something that just produces a chuckle and then they move on. So many of the, car the left cartoons, that's all it is. Well, here's a cheap gag, and we'll make them, we'll make them laugh, and then they'll forget about it. Just, Donkey elephant gag. Yeah, so... What I approach, my approach is, is a little bit more complex. I like to approach it as satire. So my fundamental thing, say, with if I'm drawing something, we'll say, against big government, is that I want to mock their sanctimony. So I want, I'm like thinking in Jonathan Swift terms. You know, I want to make it something more complex and dimensional. And satire is that, because you've got a lot of different elements, including humor, but it's, you know, it's mixed with irony, and it's, and it's mixed with sarcasm and caricature and all kinds of different things. And that's why my cartoons also have a lot of labels. And a lot of people 
Get mad. Really get mad about all the labels I put on. <laughs> but you know, a hundred years from now, the, the cartoons are going to make sense because that's the American style is to put labels on things. And then, and then much into the future, somebody who doesn't remember what's going on is, aha, that's, you know, I'm glad he put a label on there. Now I get it. But the labels are an American tradition. If you look back at, you know, cartoon done in the uh, golden age of newspaper, you know, over just over a hundred years ago, all the cartoonists put labels on their, on their work. And in those days there were like a thousand employed cartoonists and newspapers all over the country. Well, do we have a thousand editorial cartoonists now? No, I think it's a newspaper. It's, it's under 30 now. And almost all of those are on the left, you know, and they draw the same thing. They repeat the same things over and over. They want more taxes. They want, Oh, we have to address climate change. And it's like, they've got a script they're operating from and they get rewarded with, with big salaries and bonuses and, and, and no, and, and, and you know, and, and Pulitzer prizes. I mean, I don't, I could not give two shakes about winning a prize. I mean, that's not my goal, but I've known cartoonists. That's their life's mission is to win a, is to win a Pulitzer. And I yeah, come on. I mean, this is like, they take themselves so seriously. So it's really refreshing for me because I don't have an editor tell me what to draw. I'm not worried about winning prizes or accolades or getting, you know, I don't even care about getting famous. I just care about drawing the cartoons and expressing some anger and maybe stirring the pot a little bit and say, Hey, maybe we can still do something about this. I mean, we just, we, we got to be able to do something more than just, just sit on our backsides and vote and pay taxes. There's more to it than that. So that's kind of like why I consider them alarm bells just to kind of, you know, even if I make people mad, that's good. That's a reaction. So if I get somebody mad, that's sort of like, you know, they don't like my cartoon, but it, maybe it makes them think about it. And when you get mad about something, you tend to remember what you saw. If you're not mad and you just get a little chuckle and move on, then you're not, then those cartoons are ineffectual. They're not memorable. And I, and I want to draw things that are memorable. And I want Tina to start drawing more things too, because she's got such a, a, a good talent that it needs to be harnessed. And, and so I'm going to continue to try to get her to draw more cartoons. Yeah, I'd love to see her do something with Schiff again, but with like the little kids organization, you know, with the pediatric massagists. Um, that's one of his companies. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I've actually tried to do it. I, I'm really bad at drawing. So I've, I, I sit and scribble and I try to harness that trying to summarize and take a snapshot of what is going on today in one. I mean, in 2019, you're going to be real busy. You know, we've got a president that's selling rice to China. We've got a president that's literally the best. And Scott Adams says this all the time, best rope salesman. But what I like to coin it is that our president has, uh, you know, waited patiently to let all of these clowns pull their own pants down. Because that's what we're seeing right now, aren't we, guys? We're seeing all of this come out. And it's like through their testimony, they're literally pulling their pants down to the public to show exactly who they are. And it's not a no, 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 no. I mean, you know, we've even got McCain's ghost coming out, pulling its pants down as a ghost now with right. all this testimony, um, you know, just to channel Michelle Malkin, who was so brave enough to put that in words. I was so proud of her to do it because we've been so curbed on our speech. And I, I think a lot of us, just like myself, find an outlet when we see your cartoons uh, because they're able to say all these things that aren't politically correct in a picture and they speak to us. Uh, like I, even Gulliver's president, that was awesome. 
That was an awesome cartoon that depicted so many people and how, you know, they're trying. I mean, this president has been, you know, in office with his hands tied behind his back and still getting things done, right? With attacks and arrows coming from every which way. I mean, for me, your cartoons are my go-to thing. And like you said, I tell my listeners all the time, on the weekend, I'll sit with a cup of coffee and I don't promote smoking, but I still have that dirty habit. Um, you know, and I'll just troll the uh, Library of Congress and look at the newspapers, right? How awesome. You've seen some of the funnies there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and some of them are like, whoa, I can't believe that was even in print, you know, um, or whoa, they're like advertising this and this. Uh, that's not good. But it gives you a, a good insight as to the climate of that day. So when I'm, uh, you know, looking at a paper from 1840, you know, I don't look at just the articles that are written up about who did what, who's going to jail and the political commentary. But I look at what they're selling, you know, like brassiers. They weren't selling brassiers in 1840. I'm just saying cows, cattle, the funnies, you know, what new theater is happening because that that tells you a story and that's basically what you do with your cartoons. You guys are telling a story and, and Tina, you've harnessed to tell a very specific story in, in like I'm saying that, that mouse shift cartoon was amazing because he was literally driving the mainstream media with all this rubbish and then this list of 81 people, but it's not people, it's companies. And some of those companies might reach out to you too, Ben. You might be part of that because you might be a friend with someone that served you coffee once that once worked at the Starbucks. And, you know, that's how big the list is. So, um, you know, I tell, you know, I tell people what to expect, you know, in this big book. I mean, I'm already picturing it in my mind, um, cause I have something similar and I'm, super excited. Tell people like what I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be like, um, trying to write some kind of long drawn out saga or introduction or anything. It's going to be very short. It's just going to be cartoons with an occasional cut line underneath them. It's just going to be the cartoons because I've, I've written other books where I try to try to be a writer. And I tell you one thing, I've been around writers for a long time and, and I recognize good writing when I see it. I can't generate it. I mean, I'm just not a good writer, but I try my best, but you know, I, I'm, I'm a fairly good speller and all that. And I, I'm, I've I got knowledge of grammar and syntax, but I didn't realize that I'm, I'm, I'm going to give the people the cartoons and let them stand by their own merit. I'm not going to try to write a big, long, uh, no, ponderous introduction. Be, you know, it's just going to be, it's just going to be a cartoons, cartoons and we want to get as many as possible and we want to get new ones. We want to get the politically incorrect ones. And we might even put like a few pages of like behind the scenes, maybe some sketches or idea, pencil sketches or something like that, just to, you know, have people can see. Yeah, all my, all my cartoon ideas originate from sketchbooks. I have what yeah. I call a chicken scratch where I just like dash something out just to see if it's going to work. And then, then from there I make it more and more grandiose. And, and, you know, so it's like the, the, uh, the, the Gulliver's president. I mean, that is an example of, I like to draw sum up cartoons. Let's take all these things that's going that are going on right now and sum it up in a cartoon. And so that's called that's what I do uh, with that and the house divided and the swamp. You know, whereas Tina, Tina's I like to do more. Tina simple. is simple, and that's what I. I mean, she did a cartoon that I loved was 
the Mueller. The Mueller. Was, was a donkey kicking itself, and you know the that donkey turned around. It was called as what was as, it the, called? as the donkey turns. As the donkey turns. <laughs> so that, that was a very simple cartoon, but it was it was brilliant, and I want to encourage her to keep doing that kind of work. And that, it, I thought. I would never have thought of that. That's that, that's really nice, you know, the donkey kicking itself. That's hilarious. Or the weaponized like, justice that she did, the itchy trigger finger with Mueller. Oh, that right. was incredible because this is exactly what they've done. They've weaponized our courts, our FBI, our CIA, our DOJ. This is exactly what they've done. This cartoon is what should be circulated all over social media today because this is exactly what we're seeing, that they've weaponized. Actually, the Clintons got cut a deal with somebody in the FBI where the FBI wasn't going to go investigate the uh, Clinton Foundation email. So, so they were above the law. They get to have special deals cut with, this, with the strokes and the mules of the FBI. I mean, how, does, how is that allowed to stand? Well, you know, in, in places like the farm, the foggy bottom, and the hill, that's called HQ treatment. That's what you get. She got HQ treatment. And, um, you know, what's funny is, is that was it McCabe that actually noted that? on a document that's coming out and that's code for, you know, you get special treatment. You exactly. Get, you know, so, so we um, just mentioned briefly before we run out of time, we want to get this book done this summer. And what we're going to do is we're going to fund it on Indiegogo. So it's, it's just exorbitantly expensive. It's really expensive. A large book with all the color plates. And it's It's going to be nine by 12 and it's going to be over 200 pages, full color, hardbound with a dust jacket. And we figured let's, you know, crowdfund it. So we have a Indiegogo right now, Ben Garrison, and uh, it's going to, the links to the, the funding will be on our graphics site. And I'm going to, of course, put it on social media. But that's the way we're going to fund it. And people can go and they can pre-order their signed and numbered limited book. It'll only be a 1,000 books printed up. And they'll be able to get their signed and it'll be free shipping. So you just pre-order at, at our perk levels on Indiegogo. And, uh, you know, if we hope that we reach our goal and, and people will really want this because I think it'll be a time capsule and it's a historic book. It really is. Cause we're living through some really crazy times and this book of cartoons is going to chronicle these um, crazy times we're living in. Right. And something that people don't know about Indiegogo. So I, I actually have some, uh, I have a friend of mine by the name of Elon Lee. He used to work at Microsoft. He was like a head director. And then he went into fourth wall um, studios and he created that game, that card game, exploding kittens. Right. And so he, what he did, so people understand this isn't like a GoFundMe where you just donate money. You're literally buying the product. You're just paying for it in advance so it could be delivered later. And that's exactly what he did with Exploding Kittens. He used Kickstarter. Kickstarter is a lot more expensive. I, um, I regularly look into Indiegogo more because it's cheaper, you know, for the people that actually produce things and Kickstarter for like new things like tile, which is like a thing that you could put around your keys and locate. I had that in my hands five, six years ago because I found them on Indiegogo and paid like 20 bucks when now you're paying 40. Um, I have the microwavable notebook, you know, uh, years before it's out in the market. So these are interesting places that people should go look for innovators that want to cause change. 
And so when they get onto the Indiegogo site that was just tweeted out uh, by me uh, for Ben Garrison's big book of cartoons, right, for the Garrison cartoons, what you're going to be doing is you're paying for this in advance. So that way it doesn't um, cause financial strain on the inventor and you get it delivered to your door the minute it's fresh off the print. So this is how those sites work. So for anyone out there that, you know, also wants to innovate, these are great sites to just get on um, because I buy like, you know, weird comic books from there. So I, you know, everyone already knows that I'm a geek and I do that. And this is where you find it, where someone, you know, draws their own cartoons, makes their own music, but, you know, don't want to take that leap and just invest. Instead, their fans, their followers get to buy it and it's exclusive. So, you know, you have books and movies and stuff like that that go through there. So it's pretty interesting. Um, and so you guys can actually get your copy. And I just wanted to let people know that, um, you know, there's options to get like a signed copy. There's options to just get it PDF. There's d different options that you have uh, depending on how much you want to spend. And um, there's also an estimated date of delivery. So if you like buy it now, you know you're getting it in September. Like my tile, I paid for it, I think it was like in 2013 maybe, and I received it in 2014 in, in around Christmas. Or like uh -huh. this crazy ice maker, ice cream maker, which was so awesome, that I received, you know, a year and a half later, it just came in the mail. So it's really, in, really easy for someone to go on there and purchase and pick what they want. Um, and it's incredible. It's the new way to sell, you know, when you're uh, doing these creative product projects. So um, everyone should go to Indiegogo.com. I tweeted out the link. I'm sure you guys are as well. And put the, yeah, it's going to be awesome. And you know, um, Ben Garrison is right now, thanks to um, Red State Talk Radio, um, shining their cartoons in Times Square. So that's right so everyone gets to see it there hopefully we'll have a video this weekend um t tonight or tomorrow morning and we'll share that because it's important that we cut through the noise as we always say right um so uh, we have like four minutes left four and a half minutes so i just wanted you guys to kind of let people know who are listening and they've been calling but my lines believe it or not are not being my friend right now um so i can't even click on them it froze but all of them are dming me and asking me like what's next that's what they want from you like what's next i know what's next i'll let you know what next the next level is going to be fully animated cartoons we're going to step up the animations. In fact, if we can exceed our goal on Indiegogo, we're going to try and fund a pilot of a cartoon show. I have a really big name, Paco LaBelle, that is stepping up with us, and he has produced animations, which I'm sure people have seen. And he does an excellent job, but he's only one guy. We want to get a team of animators. We want to put together together a pilot. And we want to see if we can't get some kind of conservative cartoon show to, you know, do battle with like the family guys and, you know, the Trump on Showtime cartoon show, which is pretty anti-Trump. So that that's going to be the next step would be moving in animation. The smile on Tina, my face. Tina has experience. I don't. I don't yeah, I used to animate. I, I was an animator for like 10 years. 
Oh my gosh, I'm sure that anyone listening to this that is in video animation, please email me. I'll forward your information. That would be incredible. Oh my gosh, the smile on my face is from ear to ear. Just thinking that I would be able to watch Ben Garrison cartoons come to life. Tina Toons come to life. Are you kidding? (laughs) This is incredible. Like, but you know, we have to be careful because, you know, unless we put a leash on this big tech, they won't even let us have it anywhere. I mean, look at what they're doing to Fox full, you know, full fledged attack. Before we get censored, I'm kind of surprised they haven't lowered the boom on us more than they have. Yeah, we're still on PayPal and we're still on Stripe. But we couldn't do any of this without help of our supporters. I mean, 10 years ago, if you told me I could make a living by drawing editorial cartoons, I would have laughed out loud. But we've been able to do it now because we have people who are supporting us by buying, you know, original cartoons and prints and, you know, all the other uh, coffee mugs and, and, and books. I mean, we could not, we cannot get by without our supporters. We just, we yeah. couldn't do what we're doing without our supporters. Yeah, we and so, thank you. Uh, yeah, great big thanks to our supporters. Without people helping us, it wouldn't be possible. I mean, I'd have to hit the bricks and try to find uh, commercial art to do, which got really difficult after I got attacked because nobody wanted to hire me because I became infamous. You know, they thought I was a kook. And so that was really hard for me to get my commercial art business. It really took a nosedive. And when I started drawing the cartoons, we were saved by people supporting us because of the cartoons. It's a weird thing. I always, when I was a much younger man, I wanted to be an editorial cartoonist, but I saw that it was impossible because it's too hard to get such a job because it's such a cushy, well sought after job. And so in a weird way, I got kind of dragged kicking and screaming into doing what I always wanted to do. And that's and he screams a lot, trust me. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say, cause we have like literally under a minute, uh, what you said is true. And thank you to everyone that supports independent voices, because when we have to actually turn to interest, that's where they control our message. Right. And that's really, really important. Um, so on that note, I want you guys to tell everyone your website, where they can follow you, where they can find you for those that w- were introduced to you today, which I find it really hard to believe, but, uh, please, uh, do that before we, uh, go. And I want to thank you guys, if I don't get the chance to, for being on the Tory Says Show. And Ben, I'd totally invite you for a gold standard talk one day. We oh, so wow. would have so much fun. Um, so I go ahead. It'll be a talk. I mean, with me, it's he, always a rant. He likes to rant. <laughs> good, good. That's what I do, too. Uh, so tell everyone where they can find you guys. Okay, well, you can find us uh, at the main website, which is gergraphics.com. And it's G-R-R-R, three R's, graphics.com. You can find us on Twitter at Gerd Graphics, on Facebook for the real Ben Garrison cartoons. And we're on Instagram at Gerd Graphics again. We're also on Patreon. Um, who knows how long. For who knows how long. And we just started an account on Subscribestar. I think it's just Ben Garrison cartoons. Well, thank and- you. Th- thank you so much for being here, guys. Watch their Twitter feed at Graphics from all of us at Red State, and I'm pretty sure on behalf of the Garrisons, we wish you a happy, healthy weekend and God bless. Thank you. Thank you.